Welcome into a TGIF edition of Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. You know what that means. Thank God it's Friday. The weekend is here. We got you covered for the next hour. I'm your host, football analyst and silent reporter, John Harris. Glad to be with you. And man, we have got a jam-packed show. We're going to hear from Jonathan Joseph. Back with the Texans. Talked about an opportunity that... Had risen elsewhere, but he turned it down to be able to stay here in Houston. Tyron Matthew, also in Houston. He will join us as well. So we'll have a nice defensive back trio. Yeah, trio, because those two. I play defensive back too, so I'm a little partial to the DBs in this building. I love those guys. And Tyron Matthew and Jonathan Joseph are going to stop by. Drew Dory's going to come by the next segment and talk about the schedule. What's the toughest game? What's the sneakily ominous game? Which one's going to kind of sneak up on you and go, man, that's a little bit more ominous than I thought. Not John Krasinski, like silent beast sort of thing, but like ominous. So you're just not seeing it coming, but it could be that way. So we get, we're going to look at the schedule a little bit different way. It did come out last night, if you missed it, HoustonTexans.com. And got to give a ton of credit to, to my group that put that video together. They, I mean, unbelievable group. My man Kenny did an unbelievable job. And if you remember the computer game when you were a kid called Backyard Football, you will see this and love it. It's it's the best one. And every team has come up with a schedule release video, and they do different things. The Steelers did little kids. They went to elementary school and had them announce it. The Jaguars did babies. The Lions did a really cool one, I thought. The Jets did Mario Kart. The Bears farmed theirs out and did like a comic book kind of thing, like X-Men. They came up with like an X-Men character for all the teams they're going to play. And that was pretty cool. But they farmed, they resourced, they sourced that out. We did all this in-house. And Kenny, our uh, graphics guru, motions expert, he put together this backyard football video. It's fantastic. It is so, so good. Schedule release video. It's about two and a half minutes long. You will love it. And it, it tells you everything. Here's the schedule. Here's who we're going to play. It's it's really good. So the schedule came out. Mark and I did a Facebook Live last night. We got all kinds of articles about it. Uh, I got one on the website about quarterbacks the Texans are going to face. Some interesting notes in there. One thing I, I did mess up, I went to Mark yesterday. He is the historian. I go to him, and I couldn't remember the Texans having played a quarterback that was on the team prior to, but I forgot about Fitzy in 2015. should have remembered that, but I did not. Fitzy had gone to the Jets in 2015. Had the Jets playing pretty well, but then came in here to NRG Stadium and the Texas defense was all about it that day and shut him and the Jets down. Uh, but that was why I thought it would be – because my point was Case Keenum is going to be the first former Texans quarterback to play against the Texans. But this – I missed one, so I apologize. We'll also have, speaking of the schedule, Bill O'Brien is going to join us later in this segment. He sat down with Drew Doherty to talk about the things that stood out to him on the 2018 schedule. But we kick off the show with general manager Brian Gain on his birthday, no less. Happy birthday, Brian. He met with the media today to talk through some of the things that stand out to him about the draft, the entire process of player evaluation, player procurement. I mean, everything that you could possibly think of, he was asked about because people are curious. It's his first year. It's his first draft. What's he been going through? What's the process been like? How's it different? What does his draft look like? He had a number of different topics. The first one I'll hit here is one that I've been asked 
numerous times because the Texans traded up to get Deshaun last year. You didn't have a first or second round pick this year. And has it changed the approach through this draft process? And that's the price you pay to, to get a player such as Deshaun. Um, so there's positives to that. The positives to that, naturally, we feel very confident about our starting quarterback. Um, but I'm also looking a year down the road. I'm not just looking in the now. I'm thinking about our first round pick next year. We have two twos next year. So planning for the future as well. Um, but I, re- I reflect back to what I spoke about earlier. Like We still have four picks in the first 103 selections. We're going to get four good players here, even though we don't have a one or a two in this draft. When you consider the impact Deshaun had in six and a half games last year, you think, as Brian said, that's the price you pay. It really, the the price was actually kind of small, to be honest, to get a player of that caliber, the face of your franchise, hopefully for the next decade plus at the quarterback position and getting Deshaun Watson. But that's something that I've said. Only six teams have more picks in the draft than the Texans do. And what I've always said about this draft, and in particular this one, you probably have about, I would say, six, five or six elite players. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a second. The Texans would have been picking four. They could have gotten one of those elite players. But they got four in the top 100 because I think the fourth-round pick is at 103. So they're going to get four in the top 100, basically. And that's still a pretty good haul when you add that to what they already did in free agency. I think it's obviously a pretty good start. Now, with three third-round picks, I've got a lot of questions. There's been a lot of discussion. Will the Texans attempt to maybe trade up into the second round or do some maneuvering up to go get players that maybe they like with those three third-round picks? We'll measure opportunity when it meets itself. If there's a certain player that's fallen down on the board that we had a very good grade on, certainly we're always going to talk about that scenario if we have the ammunition and the latitude to go up. I would tell you, Aaron, historically, I would much prefer to go down than I ever would to go up to get more at-bats, to accumulate more good players. But on a case-by-case basis, if we're honoring the draft board and we see a player that potentially might be slipping down the the draft board and we have the opportunity to go get him and be aggressive, we'll measure that as well. When you build a football team, there are obviously some key tenets that you have your organization rely upon. There's a big one in Brian Gaines' mind. One element Coach O'Brien and I have often discussed is the, the critical element of player development so that when players come on campus and we get them in our building, it's maximizing their abilities, but from like the coaching, the fundamentals, the technique, our, our, our sports performance element, our strength and conditioning element. So how can we maximize this player's skill set in a one- to three-year window so that they can be exactly who we think they're going to become? Although they're this today, we see this career arc where they can be year two, year three, year four down the line. So in our program, we put a large emphasis on player development, teaching technique, teaching them football, and obviously body types, uh, sports performance. We try to maximize what they can be from a physical standpoint. One of the aspects of the draft that I find fascinating is it seems easy to go draft a player, right? You go watch him play, you like him, you meet with him a little bit, and you draft him, right? That's, it's as simple as that. I, I wish it were. But there are so many different irons in the fire, if you will, that you have to listen to as a general manager. And when you bring them all together, two of the most important end up being your medical staff and, obviously, the coaches. And those two groups are a huge part of this process, as Brian points out. 
As it relates from a medical standpoint, our doctors and uh, our trainers do an excellent job, and we've been collaborating with them since the football season ended. So we had obviously a great advantage of getting a jump start in the evaluation process with the Senior Bowl. So our trainers and docs were there for that as well, and then their preparations for the combine. But we are hands-on with our docs and with our trainers as it relates to the process and the medical. With the coaches, we've had a great partnership, and I, and I would say it starts with philosophical alignment, Stephanie, between between Bill and I. We just we just firmly believe in a lot of the same uh, uh, fundamental belief systems on how to build a football program, football culture, the types of players that we're looking for, even drilling down to the level of the prototypical standards, the physical parameters that we want to have at every position that we believe leads to a championship-caliber performance. Um, Coach O'Brien and I meet daily through this draft process, talking draft board, talking draft strategy. Um, I'm meeting daily with the scouting staff as well. Um, we're in a, in a situation now where we're starting to drill down on groupings and clusters and stacking orders of specific players in specific rounds. And Coach O'Brien and I have, been, have had a great partnership in that regard. Equally, our coaches have paired up with our scouts with position cross-check groups to build consensus. And ultimately, myself and Coach O'Brien, we got to be the consensus builders and we got to be the final filters when perhaps we see it the same and perhaps if we see it a little bit different. And he and I got to be the ones that bring that together if the coaches and the personnel staff perhaps may see it different. If you want to see the full interview with Brian Gain, all 26 minutes of it, by the way, some great questions I thought from the media today about the process. Go to HoustonTexas.com. You can see the full video of Brian Gain having to meet with the media on his birthday. So happy birthday again, Brian. Now, he mentioned Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien sat down on Thursday with Drew Doherty to talk not about the draft, but the schedule. Everybody's excited about the schedule, at least Coach was as well. Andrew sat down with him and got him to talk about this. You see the schedule. What's the first thing that leaps out at you when you look at 2018? Well, you know, obviously uh, there's several things that leap out at you. You, you look at the primetime games, uh, obviously the opener against the Patriots, uh, very, very challenging opener. Uh, you look at the second week, you know, traveling to, to Tennessee. I think three out of the first four were on the road. So I think it's a very challenging schedule, and I think our players uh, understand that. They will understand that, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll attack it head on during the offseason. Yeah, your season's almost bookended by two Super Bowl teams from last year. That's yeah. not something that always happens where you play both Super Bowl participants, is it? Yeah, no, it's a challenge. And, and uh, that's what the NFL is all about, though. I mean, there's, you know, in my mind, uh, 32 teams all chasing the same thing. And, and, you know, from last year, you have the two Super Bowl participants. And like you said, one at the beginning and one uh, near the end. And, and that, that's quite a challenge. But that's what it is every week. You know, every week in this league, uh, there are no freebies. You know, every week it's so hard to win a game. I mean, that's what you always try to tell, you know, the fans and, and, and your family and, and uh, people outside the building, you know, you, you just say, look, every week is a huge challenge, and that's what it is this year. So with that in mind, is a day like today somewhat anticlimactic because it doesn't really matter when or where you play these guys. It's going to be, it's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah, but I would say it's still a very exciting day. Yeah. You know, when, when the regular season schedule comes out, I mean, I, I would tell you, like, everybody, there's a buzz around the building. I mean, you can feel it. Uh, everybody's talking about it, the coaching staff, the players, obviously, most importantly. Uh, the sports staff, everybody in the buildings, you know, looking at that schedule because, you know, the National Football League is really America's game right now. Everybody's watching it. Um, they're watching it 365, and so 
uh, everybody understands that when that schedule is released, that's a, that's a big deal, and I think we all understand that. How'd you see it? Like, were you huddled around a computer with other people? Or did you see it by yourself? How'd that go? All go down? I don't know if I can tell you how oh, I really? how I saw it. You know, in two ways. I'll say, I, you know, I get a little sneak preview, uh, hear some rumors about it, and then I watch the release just like everybody else and see how. Uh, you, you know, see how it all falls out, who we're playing, when we're playing, where we're playing, those types of things. I think one of the challenging things, again, is the Sunday night games, the Thursday night game, the Monday night game, you know, starting in, in your mind as a head coach to think about how you're going to schedule those weeks. And just from a, uh, you know, from a workday um, uh, standpoint, you know, how are you going to schedule those games? Bulk of the fans had that Sunday nighter circled against the Dallas Cowboys. They didn't know it was going to be on Sunday night, but playing Dallas here yeah. at that, that, that time of the day, what's that like for you? Well, I'm glad it's here. You know, I'm glad it's here. You know, it's a home game, and, and uh, like I've said since the day I walked in here, these are the best fans in the NFL. The Houston fans are uh, excited about our team. They're, they're uh, excited about having a winner in this city, and whenever we get a chance to play Dallas, whether it's the preseason or obviously now in the regular season, that's a big game for our city. You know, we, we all understand that. The players in the building, the coaches in the building, we all – we all understand how big it is to play Dallas. Buying week uh, 10, early November, you like that? Yeah, I think any time the bye week comes around the middle of the season, I think that's a good, that's a good thing. You know, you, you know, at that point in the season, you're banged up a little bit. You know, you get some time off. I mean, I think that's really good. You can self-scout. I mean, you have enough games where you can, you know, figure out, hey, man, we got some tendencies here we got to try to take care of. So uh, I think that's always a good time at the, 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 middle, of the middle of the season there. How much do you like getting to play Indianapolis sort of flipped as it's been around here for the last seven or eight years? You're playing them here uh, a lot later, and you're playing them there a lot earlier. Yeah, I like, you know, Drew, it's a great question. I was thinking about that um, when it came out. And, and, again, these are just, like, initial thoughts. I mean, I really haven't had a chance to really sit down and, and, and study it and digest it, but these are just initial thoughts. But I do like the fact that we have some divisional home games at the end of the season. You know, we, like you said, Indianapolis and – um, and then Jacksonville, and then you know Tennessee, and there you, you know all at home after we play them on the road. I think that's I think that's important. Uh, anytime it falls that way, and you, you you can end your season with with home games within the division, you know that, I think that's a good thing. So that's where coach has to think about the schedule. What about Drew? Drew stops by next. We'll talk about the toughest games, the sneakily ominous game, the our favorite road trip on the schedule this year. And much, much more about the schedule next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access on this Friday evening from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Glad to be with you. I am your host, silent reporter and football analyst John Harris. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the schedule is my man Drew Doherty. Drew, the schedule came out last night, and we will have a chance to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, go to HoustonTexans.com. Mm-hmm. Home schedule is amazing. So if I mean seriously, we had our discussion last week about the sweets. Mm-hmm. Lux, you, Lux, Lux, yeah. Texans, Lux. Houston Texans, Lux is where you want to be with this home schedule. That uh-huh. Sunday night Dallas game, you're gonna you're gonna have to. I, I'm telling you, if you are part of Houston Texans, Lux, you're gonna blow it out that weekend. You're gonna be drinking the finest drinks, eating the finest foods. You with might the be most beautiful with people. Te- next you might be drinking to you, with your pinky out, and the I greatest mean, spectacle down below you. Yeah, here at NRG Stadium. Yeah, so you you got an opportunity with uh, with this particular schedule mm-hmm. to have some really good fun. Drew, let's get it kicked off with number one toughest game in your opinion on mm-hmm. the schedule is that 
dot, dot. That's called an ellipsis, by the way, which I know you knew, but for the people out there listening, it's an ellipsis. I still say it's game game one, week one yep. of the season at New England. I They didn't win the Super Bowl. I thought they should have. Uh, I still think they're the team to beat because they've got the greatest quarterback of all time. They've got the greatest yep. tight end of all time still. Um, so at New England, week one, it's always a challenge. You've never won there. You came closest than you ever have or closer than you ever have last year. You led late. You should have closed it out. You didn't. Let's see him do it this year. But that's a big if. You know, it's it's just that's a tough, tough game. I think that is the toughest game on the schedule in 2018, John. I tend to agree with you. Uh, to not play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. but to make sure that we we encounter all of these. I, I'm going to give you one that I think, and this kind of answers one of my other questions, but, yeah, I agree with you. I do think it's New England. Okay. One that I think is going to be very difficult because if you think about what the Texans are going to do this year, they're going to start the year by going to Greenbrier. Yep. So they're going to be on the road. I travel out to L.A. Yep. for a preseason game. I've traveled to Kansas City for a preseason game, and then you start three of four on the road. I think that third road game, when I saw the three road games, it didn't even matter if it was Indianapolis, but I think that third road game out of four mm-hmm. is going to be the toughest because physically and mentally you've got to be all about it that day. It's a second-division opponent. If things don't go well in Tennessee, you have to have that game. You have to beat Indianapolis in week four. I you've think only that, won there twice in your history. Right. So it's not as if it's a cakewalk. I don't care what you know the Colts roster looks like at this point. I think everybody looks at the Colts and thinks, okay, that's the fourth team in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. It should be a race between Jags, Titans, Texans. But Andrew Luck is playing, and now you're traveling there. Now you, you've done all this travel, and it's the third week out of four that you're getting on a plane and going somewhere. Now, as fun as that is, that is a very difficult task for your players, for your coaches. Yeah, it's fun for you and me. Right. But we're not getting exactly. beat up. we're not getting in car crashes every uh, single play. Every so, single play, yeah. You, so uh, to me that that I would say is and maybe that falls into our category number 2 sneakily ominous, but I just think mm-hmm. when you talk about tough, you think about road stretches and I think that 3 out of 4 road stretch to start the year is very tough. So, let's get to number 2. The sneakily ominous game on the schedule. That game where you look at it and go, you know, I don't know if we're giving this team enough credit I don't like where this game is on the schedule, where it fits on the schedule. So but mine kind of is, is along those lines. Because I think we would all would agree with New England Patriots are the toughest game on the schedule. But in your mind, the sneakily ominous game of 2018 is? Easily at the New York Jets. I think they're going to be a little bit better than people. Because people wrote them off and yeah. said before the season last year, they said these guys are tanking, tanking yeah. which was preposterous. Yeah. Preposterous to say that, I yeah, thought. I think so too. But – don't know who's going to be quarterback yet, so I think you get the idea that nah, they're not going to be they're not going to be any good because I think that the, the chalk pick would normally be the Browns in this case because yeah. they were winless. Right. I think they're going to be okay. I think the sneakily ominous one is at the Jets because you get the Eagles next week in Philly waiting you, and it's also Christmas time. So I just kind of think that one that that Jets game is an ominous one because you still don't know what time of day you're playing either. Yeah. You might be playing at night on either way. You're playing on the NFL Network, but you might be playing at night, right? And and the stakes get raised. There. I'm going to say the Jets. And if you're of, playing at night, more than likely, it's because both teams are playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. More than likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to say that just because of the uncertainty there at quarterback. I, yeah. I think they're going to be okay. Well, I, I I believe in Mike McCagnan. He he was here in the building yeah. for a long time. That guy I think knows what he's doing, and he's got a plan in place. And I I think they're going to be. 
a real booger bear over the next five years because of what he's got going. If he hits on a quarterback, the Jets are going to be in that mix. Yeah. Uh, there's no question. They've got opportunities to do that. When I came up with that one, sneakily ominous, I was looking at the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like the Cleveland Browns are going to be forgotten about in that AFC North. I, I, They're stacking up talent at every place but quarterback so exactly. far. Exactly, and you're talking about pick number one, pick number four, mm-hmm. the first pick in the second round, and they got another second-round pick shortly thereafter, if I remember correctly. So they got an opportunity in this draft to satisfy. Now, obviously, they got to hit on quarterback, but they've got Tyrod Taylor to keep going. And, and the article I wrote, I talked about Tyrod in this way, anticipating if the – Texas played Browns early in the year would definitely be Tyrod. If it's Tyrod in December, I don't think that's a good thing for the Texans because it means he's playing really well and is and staved the off the rookie. Well. Yeah, exactly. You, but if you, it's a rookie, then they they might be mailing it in, and and, and who's to say at that point what what you're going to end up seeing? But I think that game is is sneakily ominous. Here's the other one that I think because you mentioned Cleveland, I was almost not going to say that, but I think the other one. Even though I don't think Miami's going to be very good, and I do think you'll see a rookie, yeah. but it's the Thursday reason night. I, I it's Thursday night, but it's also Thursday night after you go down and tangle with those suckers in Duval County who bludgeon folks and beat that you is up be physically. Physical, and I know the Texans went to Cincinnati in week two, but remember they went to Cincinnati in week without two without tight ends, without tight ends, yeah. Um, starting a rookie quarterback for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was and the Texans won that football game. Which I think years from now we'll look back and go, you know what, that was a really good, that was a great coaching job by that staff, yeah. Bill O'Brien and that staff, to get that win. Uh, Showing a lot of chutzpah to get that. But I think that game against Miami, after playing Jacksonville, because of how much you'll get beat up. There were 22 guys in the injury report that Monday and Tuesday after, or I'm sorry, that Wednesday after that Jacksonville game. Well, I guess it would have been Monday because it was a short week. But that one to me. So I, I would say... I would put Browns one and Dolphins two. Okay. Okay. Number three. Game you are, are I think people are worried about, but shouldn't be. I don't want to say the easiest game on the schedule, but one that, that fans are fretting about or people that you talk to or people in a building are fretting about, but you're like, no, 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 I don't think that's going to be a tough game. You know, I have one in mind. You want me to go with mine? I'll tell you mine. I've, I'm going to go with Philly. I, I think they're – you know, I think they they were a good team and they were the better team that day, but they kind of have the lightning in a bottle feeling feeling yeah. for me. I think they're going to be good because they got a good quarterback, yeah. but I just see a regression in 2018 for those guys. And I I think going up there, it's talked about how intimidating a place it is. I think it's intimidating for fans. I don't think it's intimidating for the players. I don't yeah. think at the end of the day these guys have any fear for their safety, no. for their well-being, for uh, how they're going to play. <laughs> Be, but, you know, I, I just – that's not one that, that really inspires a lot of fear in me. I, I just don't think it's going to be a big deal to these guys that they're playing the Super Because by, by week 16, the previous year's Super Bowl champion, that means very, very little. Here's you, – you hit the one that I was exactly high on. In fact, I think the Texans catch a break because I don't – I, I agree there. I think there will be some regression to the meet. I still think Philadelphia found some of the secret sauce. and I think Carson Wentz will feel like he's got something to prove to play all year, sure. et cetera. I still think it's going to be a tough team. I just think where it's placed in the season, week 16, I think that game, just my hunch tells me 
that that game isn't going to mean as much as it would if it were week seven or week eight. I just feel like that game is not going to mean much either. The Texans have it clinched. The Eagles have something clinched. There's nothing more that they can satisfy by winning that game on either side. Somebody in that game is going to have something clinched, and it's not going to matter. But what if the Texans are 14-0, and John? Well, and they've locked up the division. Well, with the, the chasing perfection. I mean, how does that? How does? But that then here's the stop. Thing. I'm joking. I'm just. But here's sorry. the thing: if they, if they the were facetious, I wouldn't even. At that point, I'd be like, whatever happens, just keep everybody healthy. Yeah. The, the perfect season to me joking. doesn't doesn't matter. I'd love. Well, it. let's win like two or three Super Bowls at some point. Then we can have a perfect season. In let's. That. I want a perfect season and a Super Bowl, John. So, I do. I want that, but I just. I, I just want to be able to win one. <laughs> so All who's right. your not worried? You're with me. I'm with you on that. That was okay. that was the one that, yeah. I, that I came up with right away. No because, disrespect, Eagle. <laughs> no, not at all. But it's just for me. It's it, it's where it is on the schedule. I yeah. just have a feeling that it's you a could weird be, spot. Yeah. It, it may it may not matter. It may not matter whatsoever. All right. Well, number four. Favorite road trip. Now my favorite road trip. It, it, Are you saying historically? No, no, no. Okay. I'm saying just based on the schedule. Yeah. When, times, all that kind of stuff. What's your favorite road trip? And my mine mine became very easy once the schedule came out. New York Jets, man, at Christmas time. I know. It, I know. It, it wouldn't matter what time of year. Really. I know. I my wife went nuts. She's I like, love going to New York. She's like, we're going. I would not want to visit, or I not, would not want to live there. I don't right. think, but I. I love visiting. There's nothing like mm-hmm. New York City. I cannot wait. Man. I'm with you on that one. Because we it. had, dude, we had so much fun in 14 when 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 we went. Because we yeah. got to go a day early. We were right, there two right, nights. Right. We but got yeah. all day Saturday. You, me, and Jamie McDevitt roamed through. It was a good time. Man. It was really fun. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, as soon as I told my wife that we were playing the Jets on my anniversary, our <laughs> anniversary, I should say, it'd yeah. be 23 years on that day. My wife was like, "We're going." Nice. And my guess would be that she would want me to stay over for Sunday and I could fly back on myself. They'll probably stay the rest of the week at that point. Maybe meet in Philly after that. I don't know. But I don't. I wouldn't want my wife to experience uh, the link at all in a Texans Texans garb. But going to New York, when I saw that, I texted her right away and just said, "Uh, we're playing the Jets in around Christmas. My daughter went nuts. She's always wanted to go to New York. And that's natural because she's an actress and she's going to be a superstar someday on Broadway. They went spring break. They went spring break a couple years ago. Uh, Was it 16? I think. No, no, no. It was this past spring or 2017 spring break. They went to New York. Um, I got them flights and Broadway tickets and so they could go up and see a bunch of, it was, they loved it. They loved it. I mean, it was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. One schedule Festivus moment. Hmm. Now, if you remember Seinfeld, yes, second to think on this, you remember Seinfeld, George Costanza's dad came up with the Festivus, right? The airing of the grievances. And he came up with all these different things. And so Mark and I talked about that. We joked about that the other day. Mark's always got these grievances he has with the schedule. Now, most of his were satisfied. He was always worried about the Colts. He wanted to flip that. That happened. Mine was actually ruled the NFL invoked this year, and that was if you travel if you travel on a Monday, for a Monday night game, you shouldn't travel that following week. Right. And they, they've eliminated that for all teams. Yeah. The Texas had happened twice in four years. Right. I got so, one. So, one – Schedule festivus moment for you. I'm going to go off the reservation here. Go ahead. Why couldn't the NFL have scheduled 
the Texans out so that me and my wife could go to one University of Texas game in Austin this year. My, I didn't. I'm not a Longhorn, but she is, and yeah. uh, it's fun to go to Austin, man. We're still yeah. going to go to Austin, but the bye week, the Horns are uh, they're up in Lubbock actually, taking on Texas Tech. But that's just a tougher, tougher, a you know, because of kids road, on. Yeah. Uh, and then the Thursday nighter doesn't sync up. They're away, and then the Monday nighter they're away. It just doesn't sync up. So yeah. that's my totally selfish. That's what it's all grievance. about. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing at all to do with the the. They didn't know schedule festivist moment, yeah. man. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mine is no primetime road game. You like those? I. Right? Love, I do too. Love primetime because they games. blow up the week. You know, they blow up yeah. the week and separate it in a nice way. Meaning, if you play a Thursday night or on the road, you leave on Wednesday, so yep. it's like you have a two day work week, right? And you come back and you have Friday, and then you have the weekend off. Right. Or if you play on Monday night, it's sort of the same thing. You get back Tuesday. There's no. Mo- it's right. just a nice blowing. I, I like. I'm with you on that. That's a good one. You know, with, with uh, you know, with our road games, we you know, in Cincinnati last year, we had that primetime game in Cincinnati last year, and. We got guys together. That's been one of our things at the Greenbriars. We get a group of guys together to go play ball up on yeah. the, up on the summit, and uh-huh. so we just run basketball. And so that's what we did last year. We went and found either I think it was a twenty four. It was a twenty four hour fitness or LA fitness in Cincy. In Cincy, yeah. And we went and we I think it was four of us. I think it was four of us, and we went in and and they had a they had a smaller court. It was not a full size court. It was a little smaller court, and we went in there and played played four on four. And we ran dudes off the floor. That's my and again that one's that was personal. I love I love road. I know we get back late and yeah, who cares? screws everything up. You know, but the primetime road games, there's I mean so much fun. We didn't play. I just fun. I love it. I Drew, that was a good time. Excellent job, brother. John, excellent job by you, but excellent job by these listeners. Yeah. No doubt about that, Drew. Appreciate you stopping by. Coming up next, Tyron Matthew, Jonathan, Joseph, me, and Mark Vandermeer. You put us in a room. We're going to put together some pretty good radio. We'll have those interviews for you next right here on Texans All Access. One final segment on this wonderful Friday evening. Hopefully you all have a great weekend. I kicked my weekend off from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio doing this Texans All Access episode. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter and a former defensive back. And I say that because I am partial to defensive backs all throughout this land. Now I was not very good, but the two guests that we have Coming up in this segment are very good. We have the venerable Jonathan Joseph and new to the Texans in 2018. And I told him this as he walked in, and and we got a chance to talk to him now a second time in in about a month. And I said, Tyron, this is just, I love you being here. It's just surreal to see you. I just never thought it was going to happen. He chuckles and laughs at it. But it is, it's sort of surreal. You watch Tyron Matthew walk in like, wow, it's, it's so cool, but yet, so surreal like does this really is this exist do we have the honey badger yes we do and we caught up with both guys let's start with our talk with jonathan joseph all right so how does it feel to be back again <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's, it's great to be back you know in the flow of things obviously first time being well second time being a free agent it's been a while since that happened but you know the process was i wouldn't say i guess it was smooth you know it's a little different for me i haven't been free agent in years but it was cool how did the family weigh into this decision? Because I know you're pretty dug in on the west side of town. You like the school and the whole situation. So how much of that was a factor? That was the number one factor. You know, um, I think it came down. Well, I know it came down between us and Oakland. 
and um, you know, I have a little relationship with Paulie Gunther from Cincinnati. Um, you know, know John Gruden pretty good. I know a lot of the guys on the Oakland team. But just, you know, moving across to the west side, I mean, the west coast, you know, four-hour flight, my family wouldn't be going there with me. I had to travel back and forth. That's just a lot. But then at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to be here first and foremost. So, you know, the Texans stepped up and made it happen, and we both knocked it out. Jonathan, when I think about the last time you were a free agent, that was a weird time. That was a lockout year. Yeah. And they, I don't think you signed until, like, what, training camp? How how different was this time? You said it was pretty smooth versus that time. I mean, how difficult was that back in 2011 when you had a lockout going on? As uh, crazy as it sounds, like this time I was in the Bahamas the whole time for six, seven days because it was spring break. Oh, okay. yeah. And, you yeah. know, I flew right back from here the same day and signed back here. And that time uh, when the season was over in Cincinnati, I left and went back to North Carolina because of the lockout and stayed away the whole time two weeks before the lockout was lifted. And then I came back to Ohio that Friday night, I think it was. The lockout was being talked about. The next morning was going to be um, lifted. They did the lockout. And that Saturday, I was on the flight to Houston and signed here with the Houston Texans. And I've never been back to Ohio other than to play. Jonathan Joseph joining us. So what about your new additions here with Aaron Colvin and Tyron Matthew? I think it's big uh, additions for us. You know, you look at Colvin, a guy that played the slot for Jacksonville for a couple of years and played at a high level at top defense. And he's a guy that can play multiple positions. Um, he's a tough guy. You look at uh, Tyron also, a guy that can play multiple positions, was a leader on the back end for um, Arizona. Um, he's a tough guy, um, guy that want to win. So I think the more guys you can add like that to a team that we already have, you know, the better overall will be. Jonathan Rack moving back in as defensive coordinator. What's the thought amongst the guys from you bringing a guy like that back? Because that's so much experience in this league. I think it's good, you know, to get back to the basics and things, a lot of the fundamental things. I think um, he's been sitting back, you know, helping out in certain ways, and I'm sure he's eager to get back into it. You know, the first time I seen him, we kind of laughed about it and joked about it, you know, how excited he was. Um, I think um, some of the younger guys on this team, it would be good for him also to use some of that knowledge and experience and take their game to the next level. So I think all in all, it's a smooth transition. Being a veteran, what's your approach going to be like this year? I mean, does it change overall? I know we've talked about this kind of thing before as you get a little bit older, but what about this year? I'm um, all in. Yeah. From, for me, it's year to year right now. Yeah. Know, I'm not looking and saying, well, I want to play four years. I want to play <laughs> one year. I'm going to give my all that I got this year. So I'm approaching this year the same way that I approached 2006 when I was a rookie. You know, we got a new um, strength and conditioning thing here with uh, Luke and those guys, and I'm all in on that. I haven't did that type of training since probably 2007, 2008, like combine-type training you know, football-specific things like that. It was always just, you know, building your body up for the season and going that way. And I haven't had a personal training in probably eight, nine years. So it's kind of like getting back to the basics again for me also. Joe, last year that was a frustrating year in a lot of different levels. From the time you walked into 2011, this defense had been one of the top defenses in the entire league. And then last year, uh, whether it was injuries or just tough play at times, what's the biggest thing that's got to turn around for you guys to get back in that upper echelon defense is where you belong? Back to the basics, you know, obviously getting our healthy guys back, um, getting the pass rushing those guys. Um, back in the back end, us holding up our end, you know, we can't give up those big plays and things like that, whether it's big runs or big passing plays. And we've made a name for ourselves, you know, for years here as a top defense. And, you know, obviously one year that puts a bad feeling and bad taste in your mouth because, you know, the success you've had and it's what you've done for me lately, league. So you got to listen to it all off season. you know, come back and watch it. And for me, I like watching it because it just lights more fuel to the fire. So um, it's good.
Yeah, you look at this defense, and you mentioned some of the things, and you have to be excited about the offense. I mean, the balance of this football team could be very good in 2018. Absolutely. You look at a lot of pieces they added over there, and we still have the draft coming up. But the more weapons you can have for a guy like Deshaun, um, the better off your team is going to be because you know what Hop's going to do. You know, you have guys like Lamar, of guys battling back, forming from injury, Will Fuller, Braxton. You've got a stable of receivers now. So I think the more you can do that, added several offensive linemen, I think we get back into you know a program with the strength and conditioning, just getting that close team group back together and everybody fighting together and pulling for one another. And obviously he's only done it for six and a half games, but with a guy like Deshaun, what when did you guys realize, okay, this guy's the real deal? Uh, Greenbrier. Um, probably one day he probably zipped about five or six passes into exotic coverage that we thought we had. But for whatever reason, he kind of figured it out and was putting some balls that we haven't seen, you know, in tight windows in a while. And I was like, this guy's pretty pretty good here. He's going to be really good. And then preseason came around, and I started to see the same thing on a consistent basis. And, you know, those six, seven games he played in, he made some great plays, some uncanny plays, you know, just natural instincts and stuff. So he's a guy that works hard. He's in here early, puts the time in. So the sky's the limit. Thankfully, Jonathan Joseph is not in silver and black in 2018. Thankfully, the newest member of the Texans secondary, I guess he's the most recent one that I can think of, Tyron Matthew. Oh, yeah, we love the Honey Badger. He's going to love Houston. Houston's going to love him. It's going to be a hopeful, sweet marriage. And Tyron joined us when the team commenced its conditioning phase of the offseason. We read your tweet. Have you been getting a lot of help? You were looking for a maid and some other things. You put it out there in the yeah, universe. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a lot of people has reached out to me and, you know, offered to, to, to clean my house for free and, you know, all sorts of, all, all, all sorts of crazy things. But, um, you know, um, like I said, man, I just, you know, I want everybody to feel like they're a part of my success, which I do think I, I will be successful this year. And, you know, I think it's important to, you know, to make, especially make the community feel like they're involved. Tyron, we talk all the time about everybody getting back together. It's a little different for you in that you're new to the mix, but really not because you knew J.J. coming in. I'm sure you knew other guys coming in. But what was it like getting together with the guys, knowing that, okay, this is my team, 2018, these are my boys. What was it like getting together with everybody as conditioning started? You know, it's exciting. You know, um, I think, you know, like I said, you know, earlier or, you know, when I first signed is that I I do believe that I have something very in common with the guys in the locker room. And, you know, they've had to face some adversity last year, and uh, I'm not new to that. I'm very used to it, and um, I just wanted to come somewhere where guys were hungry. Um, you know, I didn't want to necessarily go somewhere where, you know, guys were coming off a 13-3 and season. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I want to go somewhere where, well, where I feel wanted, but where guys are going to compete and work hard. Is it fun to be around the guys right now, even though you're not really playing football, right? Because yeah. we always say when players retire, the first thing they say is what they miss the most is the guys in right. the locker room and just being together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, even, you know, what happened with me a month ago, you know, getting released and, you know, um, you know, instantly you feel like you're not a part of a team. And um, so, you know, just to be back in the, the locker room with guys, working out with guys, you know, um, having guys push you to your limit, mm-hmm. uh, I think all those things, you know, go a long way. Tyron, how important has it been this off season for you? I saw Pat uh, Peterson mentioned talking about you and how much he's going to miss you because you guys go way back. Which, yeah. by the way, the 2010 LSU secondary is ridiculous. <laughs> I looked at that depth chart one day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That said, the one thing he pointed out I thought was, was interesting to ask you about he said this is the first offseason you haven't been going through some sort of rehab. Yeah. How important has that been to your progress this offseason that you haven't had to rehab, you could just prepare for the season? 
Well, you know, I, I you know, I think it's everything that I've really built myself on, and that's just being ultimately confident in who I am. And I think if you hit the ground enough or you get injured enough, then, you know, it kind of dents your confidence, right? And that's all I've ever been, right, yeah. was this confident little guy who played with amongst bigger guys. And I think that's what always separated me. And the minute I lost my confidence, and it didn't matter whether or not I, I caught, you know, interceptions or I caught tackles, it was he was missing something. You know, and that was my confidence. And, you know, it's obvious for guys like me because those are the things that separate me. Well, playing safety, playing slot corner, playing corner, I mean, does it all mean anything to you as far as what matters most? You just want to be back there making plays? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, um, like I said, you know, I think part of the reason I chose the Texans was, you know, I, I did come from, you know, LSU and Arizona and where I played you know, five, six different positions. Right. I never really could focus on being a safety or a corner. I had so much on my plate, and I think part of the reason I chose this team was that, you know, they committed to me as, as being a safety. And so for me, I could really focus on a craft. I could really get better at a position mm-hmm. versus just going out there relying on instincts. You're like, you know, it doesn't work all the time. And right. so I'm just happy that I could commit to playing safety for now and, you know, obviously – with different game plans that may change but you know for now it's just I can get better at a position and I'm excited about that. Tyron I know that there are some players you've already know you've already you already knew coming here but have you made a connection with anybody here on the team thus far maybe in the secondary? Up to this yeah point? yeah me and Jay Joe man we, 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 we hit it off quick man and you know obviously you know he's been in this league a long time and just to be around a guy like that I've always come from I've always had guys that were veterans in this league, right? And to come to to come to a place, and I still have that. Um, I think it's important for me to continue to rely on those guys, and not that I necessarily need them, but I think it's important, you know, for their wisdom. You know, even some of these guys just strictly off their character. You know, I could learn a lot from them, and um, you know, I think it means a lot to me. Do you sense that when young guys get in the mix, that they look at you that way? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, and and I've been blessed, man. Um, to, to go through what I've went through and to kind of come out on the other side of it. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to be that for those guys because I had plenty of guys that were that for me. So, um, yeah, I just try to take that bull by the horn, man, and um, I try to live up to what those guys believe who I am. How important will this phase be to you as far as you're working out, you're getting stronger, everybody's conditioning, but also the meetings part of it, like getting together every day in the classroom, so to yeah, speak? Yeah, just asking, just asking questions, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think every team you go to, um, the, the, the communication is different. The terminology is different. So just to be sitting in the meeting room and understanding, you know, how guys talk, how guys communicate, what the coaches are communicating, I think all those things kind of help you, especially when you're, when you're hungry, when you're confident, and you just need things to kind of slow down. So I've been, I've been fortunate. It's been, it's been a good two days for me. Tyron, what the responsibility of playing safety, to be the guy in charge, how much more important is that for you to pick up the scheme as opposed to maybe a corner that says, you know what, I'm just going to lock this guy down. I got him yeah. one-on-one the whole game. The safety, you got to know what everybody's doing back there. you got to be in charge. How much more important is it for you to make sure that you know what everybody's doing, not just you but everybody else back there? Yeah, I think it's very important. And, um, you know, I, I, I always go to my past because, you know, I think that's what I can learn the most from. And I think it was a reason that I played five, six different positions. Like I, I can understand what those guys are going through and – being a safety now, I can communicate with those guys, and I'm sure it'll make it easier for me because not many safeties 
play corner. Like, they don't <laughs> yeah. really understand how those guys feel on the island. And I think me being out there, it gives me a, it gives me an advantage. All right, Houston so far hasn't been that long because you signed, you had to go back, you had to yeah. get shifted and get situated. So what do you think well, as a town? It, it's, it's a beautiful place. Um, obviously, I, I got to wake up a little bit earlier <laughs> to kind of beat the traffic. But uh, I'm excited, and, um, you know, I'm excited to, to get my family out here. They'll be out here later on this weekend. I'm excited to eat some barbecue. And um, so <laughs> I'm just excited to, to be around the people, you know, and um, – I think it's important for me to indulge in the community and embrace mm-hmm. the community. Those are two football playing dudes right there, Jonathan Joseph and Tyron Matthew. A lot of respect between those two as well, which I thought was uh, was very interesting in talking with both about how they feel about one another. was very, very cool. Now they're in the same locker room. Makes it even better. We had a great show. We had GM Brian Gain from his press conference today. We had Bill O'Brien talking about the schedule. We had Drew Doherty stopping by. We had... The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and Jonathan Joseph on the show. It was a jam-packed Friday show. Thank you all for participating. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my guys back in our studio over at Sports Radio 610. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you on Monday. And as always, go Texans.